Welcome. You're listening to Faith vs. Weight with Maria Bauer. Maria is a former U.S. Navy Health Information Systems Officer, current health and wellness coach, and author of the book, Faith vs. Weight, reminding you that you already have victory in Christ. Now, here's your host, Maria Bauer. Hello and welcome. Thank you for listening. For those of you recently joining the Faith vs. Weight program, there are three phases. Phase one is based on the book Faith vs. Weight, Magnifying the Glory of God, covered in episodes one through ten, which is a weekly breakdown of the seven-week program. Phase two is based on the action guide, Faith vs. Weight, Daily Strength to Shine, covered in episodes 13 through 63. This walks you through the seven-week program one day at a time. Phase three is called Daily Devo, covered in episodes 64 and beyond. Daily Devo focuses specifically on the faith component of the Faith versus Weight program. It can be used as a maintenance program or in tandem with phases one and two. Phase three, Daily Devo, is based on the chronological five-day Bible plan, BibleClassMaterial.com, covering the Bible in one year with an accompanying daily reflection and action. Because faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. Welcome to Phase 3, Daily Devo. Scripture is taken from the New Heart English Bible, Public Domain. Week 2, Day 5, covers Genesis 26, 27, and Mark 10. When is more better? In Genesis 26, we start off with a famine in the land. So Isaac goes to King Abimelech of the Philistines. The Lord appears to Isaac, telling him, not to go down to Egypt because he is planning on establishing the oath that he swore to Abraham through Isaac. Because Abraham obeyed the Lord, Isaac's seed will be multiplied and all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So Isaac lives in Gerar as the Lord commanded. Just like Abraham with Sarah, Isaac tells everyone that his wife, Rebekah, is really his sister, so that Isaac is not possibly killed in the process. In reality, Rebekah was his first cousin once removed and now his wife. One day, Abimelech looks out his window and sees Rebekah and Isaac laughing in a way that makes him realize that they are not just brother and sister. Of course, Abimelech confronts Isaac, asking why Isaac lied about this, and he admits it was self-preservation. Of course, if anyone slept with Rebekah, Isaac's self-preservation would have brought guilt on the whole house of Abimelech. So once again, we have a proclamation and a protection, this time on Isaac and Rebekah from the king. Isaac then reaps 100 times what he planted. The Bible says he was blessed by the Lord. In this case, more was definitely better. He went on to have so many great possessions that the Philistines envied him, which was now causing problems. Abimelech then told Isaac to leave because he was more trouble than he was worth because of his great might. So Isaac went into the valley of Gerar. Isaac and his servants dug in the valley and found water. Of course, now the herdsmen in the valley argued and said the water was theirs. The same thing happened after they dug a second well. Finally, by the time Isaac and his servants built a third well, they stopped arguing and the place started to feel like home. Isaac then went to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him there once again, telling him that he is the same God as the one his father Abraham worshipped, and that he will bless him and multiply his seed for Abraham's sake. Why for Abraham's sake? Abraham had more faith in the Lord than he did in what he could or could not get from him. This went far beyond riches. Abraham wasn't looking to be a father of nations or vast riches. He just wanted to follow God even if that meant he had to give up what he loved 
more than anything else in the world. Faith is where more is better. Isaac then built an altar to the Lord, calling on his name, while also digging for another well. Then, out of the blue, Abimelech from Gerar shows up with his trusted advisors. Not mincing words, Isaac asks why he came, basically telling the king, you hate me and you drove me away. To which Abimelech replies, we can plainly see that God is with you and we want a covenant with you, that you will not harm us, especially since we have not harmed you and we kicked you out peaceably. Because, well, basically, you are blessed by the Lord. So, not being one to hold a grudge, Isaac threw a feast, and Abimelech and crew left the next morning in peace with their covenant. In the meantime, the good news was that Isaac's servants struck water again, with the bad news being Esau married two Hittite women, making life miserable for Isaac and Rebekah. Now that Isaac was up in years, he was ready to pass on his blessing. He wanted at least one good meal in his last days, so he sent Esau out to get him a venison to eat while he blessed him. Whether Rebekah wanted to withhold this blessing from Esau because he married the Hittites or because Jacob was her favorite or both, she went through an elaborate scam to trick Isaac into thinking Jacob was Esau. Jacob could have backed out, but they both decided to go through with it, and Jacob received the blessing instead of Esau. When Esau finally returned with the venison, Isaac realized he had been tricked and that he had given Esau's blessing to Jacob instead. It was too late for Esau. Esau was, of course, furious. He asked for whatever blessing he could get at that point, which was basically one that promised an entire life of struggle without a whole lot of favor, resulting in a big fight when he finally couldn't take it anymore. Having been tricked first out of his birthright and now out of his blessing by Jacob, he planned on killing Jacob as soon as Isaac was gone. He had had enough of him. Rebekah got wind of this and sent Jacob on his way. Besides, she did not want Jacob marrying Hittites as well, since her life was already cursed by Esau's brides. In Mark 10, we find Jesus coming into the borders of Judea beyond the Jordan, again with him teaching multitudes who are following him. The Pharisees show up once again, this time trying to trip him up on the law of divorce. He tells them the only reason Moses said it was okay to get a divorce was because they were a hard-hearted people, but that what God had joined, no man should separate. Having lived through a divorce as a child from an abusive family situation, I can certainly see when it is time to separate. However, in God's holy view of marriage, it is always better when two people treat each other the way God intended, with love and respect, fulfilling the marriage covenant. Once they started bringing children to Jesus, the disciples rebuked the crowd, but Jesus warned them to not forbid the children, since the kingdom of God belongs to them. He also goes on to talk about having faith like a child. A childlike faith is not clouded by the cynicism of this world. Then a man runs up to him asking what he needs to do to inherit eternal life. Of course, Jesus goes through the basic reminders telling of the commandments, to which the man replies, I have observed the commandments since my youth. Out of love, not condemnation, the Bible specifically says, looking at him in love, Jesus tells him of the one thing that he lacks. He tells him to sell everything, give it to the poor, follow him, and take up his cross. Once he does all of this, his reward will be great in heaven. Of course, the man's face fell. He had lots of stuff. He was very rich. In this case, more was not better. He had more riches than he had faith to follow Jesus. Jesus goes on to say how difficult it will be for those who have riches to enter the kingdom, to which the disciples asked, then who can be saved? This is where we have one of the most misused scriptures in the Bible. With men, it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. This is Jesus' response as to how we get to heaven. 
Only faith in Jesus Christ can get us there. The riches problem comes about when we put our riches before our faith. God has to be first, whether we have two mites or two million. How we spend our riches has to be based on how we live out our faith. Are we helping the widows and the orphans? Peter reminds Jesus, in case he forgot, that his disciples have left everything to follow him, to which Jesus replies that anyone who has left anything for his sake and the sake of the good news will receive 100 times whatever it was he gave up when it comes to eternity. After that, James and John are asking him if they can sit at the right and left of his throne, which bends the other disciples out of shape. Jesus tells them that A, they have no idea of the sacrifice involved, and B, only God chooses who sits where, not him. He tells them whoever wants to be great has to be a servant, just like Jesus, who also gave his life as a ransom for man. That faith has to come before position. And I am adding this in here, just like faith came before position for Abraham. Before we laugh at James, John, and the disciples, haven't we all gotten bent out of shape when we felt passed over for a promotion or not hired for the job we thought we were the best qualified for? I knew it wasn't just me. Before Mark 10 closes, we have a blind beggar by the side of the road called Bartimaeus, who hears that Jesus has come. He starts crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He was, of course, rebuked, but instead of quieting down, he just got louder. You, son of David, have mercy on me. In this case, the beggar had no riches, but he had more faith than the rest of the crowd. When Bartimaeus cried out to Jesus, the son of David, the Bible says, Jesus stood still. Can you imagine your faith getting Jesus' attention to the point of Jesus standing still? Jesus then told the crowd to call him over. He asked Bartimaeus what he wanted from him, to which he replied, Rabboni, that I may see again. To which Jesus replied, go your way. Your faith has healed you. Today's reflection, when is more better? Today's action, make sure your faith in Jesus is more than your faith in anything else, including money, status, likes, promotion, degrees, etc. If not, Remember, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. Daily Devo is just a snapshot intended to get you excited about the rest of the greatest story ever told. Check out Genesis 26, 27, and Mark 10, just 15 to 30 minutes a day of Bible listening on one of your favorite Bible apps while you are driving, working out, doing the dishes, or folding laundry five days a week will allow you to cover the entire Bible in one year as God's promises cover you in the process. For Christian weight management, Check out the Faith Versus Weight program, Phase 1, Episodes 1 through 10, Phase 2, Episodes 13 through 63, and or the accompanying book, Faith Versus Weight, Magnifying the Glory of God, and Action Guide, Faith Versus Weight, Daily Strength to Shine. Thank you for listening to Faith Versus Weight, reminding you that you already have victory in Christ. Consult your physician before starting any weight loss or exercise program.